This is Bragg, the son of Balan, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. are lit. Lotro calls for aid. And Brog shall answer. Yeah, it's Amon, 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 Dean. I said Amon, Amon, Dean, Amon, Dean, yeah. Somewhere in the foothills of Foranorian, wild-ass speculation is kindled. Welcome back to Like the Beacons, the only Lotro podcast that dares to say, my goodness, what mysterious ears you have, Grandma. This is episode number 85, I'm Still Alive, and I'm your host, Bragg of the Lonely Mountain, the Sultan of Shieldswipe, the Earl of Agro, the Glacier King, and Dwarf of Ill Repute, broadcasting live from temporary... Like the Beacons Middle-Earth-wide headquarters, far from Fairthelion, coming to you live from the halls of Thorin. Yes, I am in Eridluin in Thorin's Hall, and I am standing kind of uh, over in the left-hand vestibule, whereby the running waters come crashing through. I can uh, look up at giant crystals poking through the wall. I can see a waterfall cascading through the mountain. Uh, there are some bridge works built over it, some beautiful fortifications along the walls. Everything is bolstered with gigantic dwarven columns of majesty and so forth and beautiful carvings. And It's, a, it's rather, uh, what are the colors? It's almost like a light green. One of the coolest effects, though, in this area is if you look at the walls, you can see the little play of the water um, kind of echoing across the walls. I don't know how they do that, but that's neat. Uh, You've got the water flowing by, and you see along the walls that are flanking the river running through Thorns Hall, the little water effect that you would get as if it was uh, indeed water rippling across the surface and playing across the surface of the walls. And you can see it all the way up onto the ceiling, actually, if you look across. So what's the last time you were in Thorns Hall? And looked up at the ceiling and noticed the interplay of the water reflecting off of it uh, and uh, being lit by the crystals overhead. You know, sometimes you just got to stop and turn around and, you know, smell the roses and so forth. And that's what I'm doing right now. Mm-mm. They stink super good. Why am I here? Well, um, I've decided to do some fishing in Thorin's Hall, inspired recently, and I'll talk a little bit about that more later, but right now, we'd better move on to our next beacon of Ilanok. I am uh, kind of cramming a beacon in here. i got a weird week, i got a short week, I'm heading out on a couple days of R&R. Tomorrow, uh, I'm going to go golfing in the northern fields of the Shire for a couple days. Looking forward to it. But, uh, you know, it's been a while since we had a beacon, so I just wanted to cram a beacon in real quick. A couple beacons, a couple, two, three beacons over here. And uh, tell you about what's been going on in my life with the game recently. But, as usual, first we got to deal with a lot of CRAP corrections, retractions, and apologies from last week. Last time out, we offended... Non-min-maxers who don't give a crap about their new class specs but are delighted 
that they can see uh, a set of bagpipes on their backs to complement their dwarven Scottish accent when they're RPing at the Prancing Pony. Uh, That's uh, referring back, of course, to my episode where I talked about the new class specifications, and uh, which is several weeks ago now. To everyone else that was offended, we offer a solemn and very heartfelt sorry. Viewer comments agree to disagree. Let's check the leaderboard. The last review of the podcast was left by Bounder Doble on May 21st of 2018, and he currently maintains our high score. As always, if you want to join this illustrious cadre of reviewers, you can just drop a rock down the well at the Chamber of the Crossroads in Moria with your comments written on it, and it shall find its way to my ears. That is uh, the most effective way to get in touch with me. Uh, Fewer fewer feedback, nothing of note really. Uh, Twitter, active as ever, but nothing special. Let's move along. From a community spotlight perspective, Shirefest has come and gone, and Weatherstock is on the horizon. The two-day schedule was just recently published by Lonely Mountain Band, and uh, looking forward to seeing how the new fiddle is utilized this year in Weatherstock. Uh, I have yet to see a Lotro representation of the Dark Lord went down to Georgia using the fiddle, but I'm sure it's coming at some point. Um... I was excited about reprising my trick from last year of having a Shadowfax descendant appear at Weatherstock, uh, depending on what uh, quests were available uh, in over at the uh, horse fields uh, north of Bree. But unfortunately, it now looks like I will be out of town with no access to a Lotro PC for the duration of the event, which is a bit of a bummer. I think this is maybe the second straight year that I have not been to Weatherstock due to scheduling conflicts, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, Forens Insider, there's some beacons out there. There's some event schedules, some class skill change feedback, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Most importantly, I should mention that uh, the beacon continues to contain absolutely no references to Light the Beacons going back for several months now. Uh, I'll have to go back and look at the last date where I was actually mentioned. And that's the way I like it, frankly. You know, I'd be flattered if they said, uh, you know, if they paid tribute to my my small contribution to the Lotro community. But, uh, you know, because they don't mention me, it makes me look kind of like an outsider, you know, like a rebel, you know, which is kind of cool. So I'm just going to claim that, and uh, that way I don't have to admit if my feelings are hurt. So in this week's action-packed episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing in game these past few weeks. We're going to discuss some deeds in the game that I will take an oath never to complete we will review the new Picnic and Thrang instances. And lastly, if we have any time remaining, we will summarily squander it. But if we want to have time for that, we better get moving to our third beacon. Yeah, I'm going to move right through this this week. I don't have a lot of time. i got a lot of stuff to do. So we are already at Nardwall this week in gaming and other Tokyo news. Did I say Nardwall? That kind of sounds like a, a narwhal. But, uh, of course, I refer to Nardal. Unless, of course, it's a whale of a beacon, and I'll call it a narwhal. Um, other games, with the summer calendar revving up in April, since April, time has been at a premium. Um, I will note, uh, this is kind of silly, but someone mentioned this to me. I thought it was kind of cool, so I thought I'd mention it. At one point, uh, several years ago, I was playing Pokemon Go because I thought it was interactive. I even, I even think I had a beacon talking about augmented reality games and the potential that was there really has not come to fruition much. There isn't much uh, else I've seen 
Now hang on, I did hear about something recently where there was going to be some new augmented reality game for something that was fairly significant. Uh, it's escaping me right now. If it comes to me, I will mention it later. But uh, I did hear something that I thought was uh, kind of interesting in the world of gaming. Um, is that there? There's a mobile game. There's a Pokemon Go, a Pokemon game that is coming out for the Nintendo Switch, uh, which was not present when it was launched. And uh, what's going to happen is if you play the mobile game and you can sync up your account. And the po the uh, Nintendo Switch will download your entire catalog of Pokemon that you've captured in the mobile game directly into your inventory uh, for the console game. Uh, so interesting kind of uh, interaction or interface between the mobile game and the console game. And, uh, you know, I think it would be smart if other companies would start building on stuff like that. Um, you know, you walk away from your console and you can contribute to generate, you know, uh, progress towards your game by playing a mobile game while you have access to that. And then uh, have it sync back up to the console game so that uh, you can enjoy the benefits of their interesting crossover. So we'll keep an eye on things of that nature going forward. I have not played DDO or Secret World Legends. Uh, I do continue to dabble with Clash of Clans, and uh, one thing I did notice recently, um, I upgraded a phone, which I had had for a very long time, uh, well past its upgrade date, uh, several versions old, and I finally caved in. It would not even function anymore with the new operating system downloads that I was trying to work with it. So I got a new phone, and I had to transfer my old account to my, uh, my new phone, which I was able to do successfully. Uh, one thing that I've noticed about Clash of Clans is uh, I think maybe, I don't know if they're getting a little desperate, if their um, activity is flagging somewhat, but they have new events kind of flooding the calendar to keep people involved. Seems like every time I do log in and take a look at it, uh, there are new events on the calendar. There's new store items. There's uh, you know a second, um, second clan area that you can build up to complement the first. Uh, there are clan games that you can play now with little mini objectives and so forth and uh, little specials that come out with uh, you know cheaper gems this week and faster building this week and faster training the week after that just seems like there's always something going on in the game so I hope that does not smoke of desperation uh, I hope it uh, smells of them just trying to keep uh, active they did come out with a new Town Hall 12 recently which is a kind of an electric blue and comes with an upgrade uh, to Electro Blue Dragons that you can train for eventually. I'm still a ways off from that myself. I don't even have one of those nifty <coughs> Town Hall 11s with the little uh, giant arrow strike thing. I forget what it's called. But uh, So I'm a ways away yet, but it still continues to be something fun to noodle on from time to time. Um, I have continued my progress on Amnesia, The Dark Descent. And uh, recently made signif some significant progress and got the elevator working to descend into the depths of the castle. I think I'm maybe somewhere on the order of 60% done with the game. I did get killed for the first time by one of the walking zombie things in Amnesia the Dark Descent. And it was a little like, ugh, it's coming at me. Oh, I think, oh, don't touch me. Ugh, God, it touched me. It was kind of gross. But, uh, you know, it's a game that... Uh, I am enjoying because it's different. Um, I haven't played really 
a hard, what I would call a hard game previously. So I like the change of pace, uh, but I I don't think I'm gonna seek out additional horror survival games going forward because it uh, it's not as relaxing. And I, when I want to play a game, I want to relax. I don't want to be all keyed up and adrenalined up and peeking around corners and wondering if something's gonna jump out at me. Generally speaking. So, uh, we'll see. Uh, right now I'm finding it interesting. There's a little bit of lore there. There's some interesting backstory. There's some discoveries. There's some puzzle solving. It has got uh, some nice creepy sound effects and music. So, it's well done. And, uh, again, the time investment for it is fairly short compared to a lot of other games that are out there. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, I've got two household dwarves that have completed... And they're moving on through the Jake Un Drake Uncharted series, which is something I do recommend if you're uh, baby hobbits or baby dwarves are old enough for uh, some first-person shooter action. They're a good combination of cutscenes, backstory, uh, FPS uh, action, as well as uh, uh, some fairly sophisticated puzzle solving. So along the along the lines of a of a Tar uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider type game, but uh, maybe with a little more smooth, you know, arc of storyline uh, than I've seen typically in some of those games, except for the most recent two that have come out. Uh, so I do recommend those for those that have not gone through them. And going back and getting Drake Uncharted 1 and 2 on, uh, you know, available now is pretty cheap. Uh, even the 3, I think, since they, they have all been out for several years. Um, our Dungeons and Dragons game in the house has not gotten off the ground yet, although we're getting closer. I'm hopeful maybe sometime in the next week we'll be able to launch that. I'll keep you posted. Uh, let's talk a bit about movies that have been out recently. Incredibles 2 just made a boatload of kadesh over the couple last couple weeks on its way to maybe becoming one of the biggest animated films of all time. Most reviews gave it a solid three, three and a half stars. You know, not the original, but good in its own way and a worthy sequel, although it came 14 years later. Um, with the amount of money it's making, we may not have to wait quite as long uh, for a third movement in, the, uh, in that uh, trilogy if they do elect to go with the trilogy. Um, I do hope they have maybe a bit more compelling story to finish off the trilogy if they do uh, decide to go in that direction. And again, given the money it made, it's probably pretty likely. Um, so some of the issues that they mention in the story happen to resonate with the times as well, which did not hurt at me thinks in terms of uh, Me Too and other things going on in our political cosmos. The action sequences and visuals are cool as always and consistently funny. Uh, especially like the fight in the psychedelic screenslavers room, which is maybe my favorite scene aside from the one where uh, Violet sneezes water out of her nose and is embarrassed by her father in a diner. I guess I've been there, done that. And uh, also the, uh, the face-off between Jack-Jack and his arch-nemesis, the raccoon, is not to be missed. Uh, also got to see Jurassic World. Jeff Goldblum was having some fun. It was good to see him. Somehow they made the movie, I, I was afraid it would be very samey-samey. Uh, somehow they made it feel a little different in the set pieces, especially at the mansion, uh, although the ending, I, I believe, was a little bit predictable. But the escape scene from the island is fun. Um, the setup for Jurassic World 3 could be fun. Um, 
I was thinking, oh, we haven't really seen the animals out in like the general populace. It would be kind of fun to see them running into real world stuff. I had forgotten that they escaped in Jurassic Park 2 and ran amok in San Fran. So it's kind of been done already, but uh, I'm sure they'll have a new take on it and hopefully some cool settings. I did get out to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. It was fine to fun, I guess, somewhere in that continuum you choose. Um, we now have a long and perhaps appropriate wait until Miss Marvel in March of 2019 for the next movie in the MCU. Uh, I heard it just wrapped shooting this past week, so we, I assume we'll be seeing some trailers over the next few months. Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Paul Rudd, funny, uh, Evangeline Lilly uh, continues her streak after coming back from Lost to do The Hobbit of... Uh, being in the MCU, so she's on quite a run. Uh, she's believable as an action figure. It was fun to see Michelle Pfeiffer again. There were some funny moments. Uh, so, you know, all in all, it was a no-brainer for my family to go see uh, based on their level of interest in the MCU. And I uh, was not disappointed. Um, you know, was not looking for a huge blockbuster. It was It was nice to see a, a superhero movie with a little bit smaller stakes than what we've seen in the ones recently where, you know, we're saving the world, uh, you know, on every with every twer, twist and turn of fate. So that's movie reviews recently. Let's move on to what's going on in Lotro since this is a Lotro podcast. Uh, Bragg is either either Bragg or my Cappy Brenathor is continuing to do um, the twice weekly uh, Northern Kingdoms token uh, arc quests where you do eight in order to get a little bit of bonus and a key. So I, I've been switching back and forth between them. I could do each character twice a week. It just it's a little much at this point. You know the quests are getting a little samey. Uh, I did get enough tokens on bag to brag to buy a necklace recipe and purification token to go along with it and uh, decided to use one of my perfect crafting lore scrolls to crit um, takes it from a level 345 to a 347 and doled that out uh, produced a will version for my mini uh, so uh, hope that uh, necklace will last her at least a little while again the the northern kingdom's recipe pocket or for uh, pocket item which uh scholar can create or a necklace which a jeweler can create are the two pieces of jewelry right now that are available at the top of the end game from northern kingdoms vendors and lately uh we'll talk about a little bit later been seeing bracelets and rings coming from the thrang instance so they're trading off well in terms of loot availability uh bragg is was uh was working on his Fishing. So I haven't talked about fishing in a long time. So Bragg is a lord of streams. He's got his fishing proficiency up to 200. He's got his plus 10 fishing rod, which he got from the northern kingdoms. And he's got done every fishing deed in the game except for one, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Um, I did spend some time over the last few weeks uh, finishing off the northern, deed, the northern kingdom two new deeds, which were available. Um, so I, my favorite place to fish in Northern Kingdoms has been basically the center of Lake Town. You can uh, sit on a pier right in the middle, watch the action going on around you, fish right in the middle. And I did notice, uh, I hadn't really looked at that closely before. If you look in the center of Lake Town in the lake, there, there's a giant brown school of fish circling the center of Lake Town typically. Uh, pretty huge too, actually. Some pretty monsters down there. 
I tried fishing in the moving water in Erebor and got nothing. Despite, you know, it completes the animation. You pull the fish out of the water, right? You stuff it into your pack, and it's like, nope, didn't catch anything. So I had better luck actually fishing in the fountain in Dale than I did in the streams of Erebor. But Lake Town is my favorite place to fish, and I did um, finish catching... I think I had three uh, more rare fish to catch in Lake Town, including the tilapia, pumpkin seed, and burbot, uh, which got me my Lake Master uh, deed completed for the zone, and uh, came with pumpkin seed and Xander trophies, which I have not yet traded in at the taxidermist. Uh, I also achieved uh, the Trout Master deed title by... Um, I needed three more. I needed a red band trout, a rainbow trout, and a red spotted trout. Red spotted trout was the very last fish I caught to get my trout master title, uh, which is the second deed they added in the in the Northern Kingdoms for your fishing pleasure. And uh, you know, I had basically I think I had like an hour and a half on a conference call at home, and I was fishing while I was listening. Um, so only the red spotted trout had eluded me, but it was time to quit. Uh, and I was going to do, what was I going to do for a podcast segment now? I was going to talk about finishing all the fishing deeds in, in Lake Town. Well, maybe I'll throw one last cast and, uh, bingo. Thanks, RNG. Red spotted trout on the last cast of my session to finish off the deed. So that was quite fortunate. So the only thing left I have in my hobby deed bag right now is, uh, the Fortunate Festival Fishes deed, of which I had uh, at the time I was putting this together, 11 of the 40 fish captured for the title of Rare Fish. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. Um, I was doing just about one round of everything from a festival perspective. It had been a while since I participated in Summer Festival. Uh, I have most of the fun deed titles uh, from it as well. So I've been basically uh, ran through enough to get tokens to get the picnic steed and uh, did some picnic and throwing instances. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that again later in the podcast. Uh, Bragg was also doing some deeding. Why? Maybe I'm getting a little bored with the new content, but I started looking back through my deed log and realizing that uh, in the Gondor area, I just had deeds in, um, <clears throat> my deed log was empty except for Farinorian and Eastern Gondor. And in Farinorian, I had Slayer deeds to complete, including Mounted Wargs, which I found um, scattered around the beacons outside of Ostrimen. I believe is the name of the, the stable that's in Farinorian. Uh, Variags, uh, which were also in the same area, uh, walking around outside the gates of uh, of the Minriman. Um, you know, it's the it's the uh, it's the little town that's right next to the quarry, with the beacon outside of its gate. So they're both around. I think it's Aralas outside of the stable. I needed Giordos, which is uh, basically the the tree trolls, which are on the eastern forage forest edge. Uh, that was, I got some serious knee and shin damage. You may remember from the far, the far Anorian forests uh, on the eastern edge, right near, you know, west of Krithost, 
there are roots sticking up everywhere. And if you ride through there on your horse, it's just constant banging up and down. Digga 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 I think when I was done hunting down all the Girdos in the East Forge, I had to put down my horse because it like shattered all four of its uh, shattered all four of its forelocks. And uh, the last layer of deed I needed in that area was the Durgun, which are kind of like the nameless that uh, in are in the quarry mines around that area. So I got all four of those done and uh, received an Anorian loot box and key. And when I opened up, I got Slayer Deed Accelerators, uh, 15 Mithril Coins, and another key. That's a pretty darn good box from where I'm standing. So I went to Eastern Gondor. I needed two roving threats there. One was a Mumak, uh, which was spawning in a field uh, just kind of west of the map near the, Haradrim, the Jango, uh, Haradrim camps. And a big troll, which I found in the forests uh, near where you enter the zone uh, when you're coming in from Central Gondor. And I also needed Slayer Deeds for Half-Orcs and Goblins, which I got done kind of outside the uh, eastern camp uh, of uh, Skiliath. There in the, the base, there's lots of trolls walking around. There's, uh, there's orcs walking around. There are goblins and half-orcs in those areas. Um, I did have to finish the Treasure Hunter deed in Eastern Gondor, so I spent some time roaming across the map finding those as well as the River Maiden baskets. Uh, the last three treasures I found in Osgiliath, I was actually surprised I hadn't found those on my main previously since I had canvassed that area pretty good, uh, but I never did. So I got all my Treasure Hunters done, I got my Slayer deeds done, I got my Roving Threats deed done, and the River Maiden baskets and to finish off Eastern Gondor. And now my Gondor tab of my deed log is clear, which is so satisfying. So now I have Eriador, Gondor, and Mordor clean. And in Ravanian, I need to go back and finish mostly Slayer deeds around the Eastern Met and Western Net of Rohan. And uh, <coughs> I've had enough deeding for a while. I did have Slayer accelerators on for this entire process, but it you know it took a little bit of time, a couple hours for each zone, and I'm ready to take a break. But at some point, I will go back and try to clear out Rovanion, uh, and that will be satisfying as well. So let's talk a, bit, a little bit about my mini. My mini completed the current end to the Black Book of Mordor, uh, which gets uh, you get a new cape for the Black Book completion through the latest stuff. Uh, you get a new necklace. She got a new necklace from Bragg, up, so upgraded from a 330 level to a 347 level necklace. Um, got a new pocket item from my scholar, so that went from 330 to 347. Uh, used some crit scrolls to make sure I, I critted that as well. And some new Northern King essences for both, so that was a good deal of ash. I was in tokens I was shelling out for her. You know, as I'm doing. Northern Kingdom essences for my mini, you know, the question comes up. I've seen a lot of people asking about this in chat too. You know, what is the best to go for for a mini? Do you want to stack tactical mastery? Do you want to stack will? Do you want to stack crit? Do you want to stack finesse uh, versus block, vitality, etc.? I've seen a lot of mini builds that are based on vitality that have a huge morale pool, uh, you know, but maybe not the snappiest heals. Uh, I do believe that uh, Tactical Mastery in general is superior to just getting outgoing healing rating, although there are some pieces that you get available through crafting and through other means that have outgoing healing on them, and you're kind of, you know, it's if it's a teal or a gold item, you know, it's probably better to go with that than rather 
uh, you know, downgrade the item just to get it to have a different stat on it. So some alcoholing healing is okay, but a tactical mastery is generally better. Um, I do think I need to work a little bit more on my crit. Uh, you know, as long as you get your vitality into, you know, I think a solid place for a mini to be. I've seen a lot of them between 65 and 72. If you get 72 to 75k morale, that should be good enough for any 2-2 challenge content that's out there right now. Um, you know, to survive some of those big hits if, you're, if your crit defense is decent and you know, you've got a decent amount of resistance and other stuff. So uh, I think tactical mastery and crit is the way to go. You know, a, a modicum of finesse, a dash of vitality, um, and spread the wealth around. So what now? She's uh, started on Dale quests since rewards... Um, the rewards have from Dale are the ones that have will in them. The ones from Erebor have might. The ones from Felagoth have agility. And the ones from Dale have uh, will. So I've been doing all the Dale quests and Lake Town quests I can find to build up rep with uh, the men of Dale. However, eventually I'm going to run out of rep quests and we'll have to complete tasks. Uh, you know, if the dailies aren't, if I haven't opened the dailies by completing all the story areas, the only way to max out rep and dale is going to be by tasks. So I'm doing all the quests I can find. I'll see how much more I need after that. And if I have to go back and finish the other two stories in order to um, get dailies open so I can get rep for dale, then I guess I'll have to do that because otherwise I'll have a whole bunch of tokens on my mini that I won't be able to spend, which is a bummer. Uh, mini hailed Thrang twice. Um, once, you know, depending on the group, that can be pretty hectic for a healer in that instance. I did have one, uh, one run I have to mention where we started out with six folks and we failed like two or three times and our tank and one of our champs quit. And all we had left was, uh, myself, two hunters and a champ. And we didn't give up on the fight. Uh, people were getting back into the fight as needed. Uh, and, uh, basically the hunters were ping-ponging Thrang back and forth. I think we had a couple of the ads that... You know, might have bugged out or just stopped spawning at that point. And we just wore him down. I was healing my little butt off. Champ was taking on ads when they would show up. Hunters were slowly burning down um, Thrang little by little. And we actually, we failed with six men three times. And we finished the instance uh, four manning it, which was with no tank, which was really kind of epic. It was really fun. So every once in a while you find a little bit of magic and get stuff like that done. And it reminds you why you like to play instances in the game. Uh, my Cappy, I think, is in a good place right now. He's got all his armor upgraded. He's got most of his jewelry upgraded. You know, he's finished the Northern Kingdoms and doing dailies and Lay of Rust and Rhyme. He's kindred with all three Erebor areas. He used up all his tokens and is trying to save up for some more. Um, maybe needs one more piece of jewelry. Uh, was missing. I was doing the deed for the Dwarven Markers in the Northern Kingdom. I was missing one. <laughs> Couldn't find it. Finally, I located it. Um, you know what's frustrating about those is that they're not numbered. Like if, you, if you're missing a page, you know what page number it is, and you can find exactly where it is in the map. If you're missing one of the dwarven uh, markers in the northern kingdoms, you have to go to every single location to figure out <laughs> which one you missed. So that's a pain in the neck. I wish they would number it like they do the pages. Um, I need about 35 more daily quests to get uh, the deed for Quest of Restoring the Northern Kingdom deed done, along with the other three quest areas for the region, uh, which has some nice deed rewards kind of overarching. So I'll continue to plug away at that on my campy. 
My Cappy actually tanked a few Thrang runs as well. Um, it's a little more difficult, obviously, than uh, my guard, but you know I proved that I could do it. Um, you know, for some reason he tends to get stunned. Uh, so when you're dragging Thrang over to one of the fumaroles to make him vulnerable, uh, he tends to get stunned. So he gets a huge morale hit when the fumarole goes off and explodes. And then he gets stunned, and he's getting beaten on by Thrang and maybe one or two other adds, and uh, he can get dead pretty quickly. Uh, the, my guard has no problem with this, but you know the Cappy mitigations might not be that awesome. And when he's not generating his own heals and and putting up some of his buffs, he can get vulnerable pretty quick. Um, the other thing I've noticed in my Cappy lately is that uh, in the yellow, when you're in yellow line, which is the tanking line, you get the your res skill goes from, uh, you know, it changes over into a different version called Escape from Darkness. And the big, two big things change when you get the Escape from Darkness res uh, in the yellow line. The first is that it reses up to two teammates, which is really neat. Um, so you can, if you, two of your party can go down, you can hit that and bring them both back if they're within a certain range of each other. Uh, but the problem with it is this has a really long cooldown. It's, uh, I don't know, it feels like forever. It feels like six, seven, eight seconds to, to get off. And when you're tanking a boss, uh, you know, putting a, a skill on that will lock you down where you can't move, can't hit anything else for five to seven seconds, kind of seems like an eternity. And, you know, you're getting hit, so it's like there's a little bit of um, uh, induction setbacks going on. Ugh. So... I really wish they would take a look at that. Uh, as a tank, you don't have that kind of um, uh, flexibility to take that long to res other people in your party. At that point, your party's in trouble, right? If you've lost one or two people, your party's in trouble, and uh, you don't have that kind of time to hit uh, a res skill. So I, I hope they take a look at that at some point. Uh, Captain also did a couple Sari Sarma Tier 2 Challenge runs. Um, when that was the latest uh, FI instance, I think that was two cycles ago, uh, including one that succeeded on the fifth attempt. And I tell you, that's rare nowadays because people don't often have the patience to work through and try more than two or three times. You'll start to see people quitting. But we had a party that wanted to get it, felt we were close, and we had the right people, and uh, we got it done on a fifth attempt, which was very satisfying. Um, part of the problem with that run is that there's a pretty significant RNG factor uh, based on when the boss copies over the skills from a class. You know, there's this phase two of the fight where he goes, I will take the skills of the hunter. I will take the skills of the warden. Basically steals certain skills from someone in your group. And if he steals the skills from the guardian, he gets a reflex skill which can really set you back and can kill your you know your melee people if they're really not careful um so that's kind of like some of the other classes aren't nearly as dangerous but if you get a guardian if he takes the skills of the guardian it becomes really dangerous and uh, that can often cause a wipe and he also has this last phase random stun um that he just sends out to somebody in the party and if it happens to pick out the tank who's normally running the two little guardian Kerogs around in a circle. If it hits him, he dies. And then you die, and the whole party wipes. Um, I also had one instance in there where, you know, he calls out, you know, watch out for the storm, and you're supposed to run and duck behind a rock. And as I was running from that, I got punted by him, and I went over the edge. And I'm thinking, you know, those two skills should not be 
stacked one on top of the other where you're running from one to hide and because you have your back to him and you're running to a rock you get punted over the side which it just doesn't seem fair so there's a couple there's a couple things that can happen in that boss fight uh, based on RNG luck that can set you back um, and other times it can just go smoothly no problem so the other side thing for my Cappy is that I got in on a Throne of Dread Terror run, which I had not seen in a long time. It was 2-2 Challenge. It was the first time on my Cappy I'd been doing that, so I was eager to check off some of those deeds and maybe get some LP out of it. And it was with a rating kin. Um, the luck of the Cappy, you know, they needed one person to fill in. Uh, they'd done it before. They knew what they were doing. They had all the right pieces. They just needed another Cappy. So the luck of the Cappy, that's why it's great to be a Cappy and in demand. Uh, so we got to run the first boss, Rathacas. We got past the Mumax. Uh, maybe on a second try, there was one where our tank got uh, killed out in the fields, and we had to do it again. But second try was pretty easy. We ran the Gauntlet, and we did uh, Vadukar. So we got basically through through three bosses, and they had to quit. They were setting it up for someone to come the next day who was trying to get like one last piece of the of the uh, class set for his armor. So out of like three bosses, I got I basically got uh, about 30 ancient Ithil coins. I was getting like five to ten per per boss chest, which is enough to trade in for five Starlit crystals and Minas Tirith. I got a bunch of LP and marks, and I got a bunch of stuff to trade in for lower level alts, like a gold pair of gloves, a bunch of necklaces, rings, bracelets, um, all stuff that you can get from the Minas Tirith, uh, you know, Pelinor vendors, and I'll be using those on some of the the tunes I have coming out uh, up between level 105 and 115 uh, to help uh, get them geared up for Mordor. So it should be a nice, I've got a good stack of stuff. You know, people, a lot of people in the raid didn't need it or didn't want it. So I was like, sure, I'll take some. So you get those coins, which you can trade in for rings, bracelets, necklaces, stuff like that, uh, which would be nice for my alts. Um, I did not win a baby Mumak on the run, which is unfortunate. That's one of the, the instances where you can get the baby Mumak that has the packs all over his back. Uh, but it was much fun, and I did win a roll for a Witch King Fire Pit, which is now sitting on my lawn. Uh, that same day, I finished off a Gorgoroth loot box uh, quest, and I also uh, received from a Gorgoroth loot box the Bones of Smog. So if I can find a picture, I will post it with this podcast. But the Bones of Smog is an enormous yard item. Uh, if you have a premium house, you get a one enormous um, a enormous yard item slot. I think I had like an ominous pool sitting in it, which was not nearly impressive enough. So the Bones of Smog are now sitting in the front lawn of my premium house, which is uh, pretty fun stuff. Pretty cool. I didn't even know that they had put those in the game. I was very excited when I uh, got that out of the loot box and... Um, uh, I've seen a couple people chime in and said they've gotten them as well, so it's not uncommon, but uh, it's a nice it's a nice drop for sure. And my premium house is starting to look, uh, especially on the outside, starting to look uh, with some rare items with the Witch King Fire Pit and the Bones of Smog sprucing up the joint. My lore master has been doing mortar dailies occasionally. Uh, he finished off all the leg tiers on his legacy items finally through Saragost runs. And I've just been sitting them at the craft hall right now, crafting daily his restored Doomfold parchments since it takes five of them uh, to make a high-end pocket item from the Northern Kingdoms. And the cooldown on making them is about 16 hours, I think, something like that. So I can, if I keep at it, I can get uh, you know enough done in a week, basically, to be able to produce another pocket item, assuming I have the tokens. 
My bird got a bracelet from a Thrang run. Um, from one of the ones that my other tunes had run. Uh, if you, if you, I'll talk a little bit more about the Luton Thrang later. Uh, he's been sitting at the Mordor Task Bog working, Mordor Task Board, working on his celebrated in Gorgoroth status, uh, making progress there. He's the next one I'm trying to get through that uh, that reputation push for Mordor. Um, I did a round of dailies with him and got an Ash Toad pet and a Striped Snake and. Uh, completed some random deeds so every once in a while i'll go through a log and i'll see oh you know this guy ran through mordor and he's got like three deeds that i'll need like one last location or one last chest or one last treasure or whatever so uh it's uh, kind of easy especially on a berg to sneak through mordor and finish off some of those things when you just need to find one location or one boss or or you know to get a couple more lp and finish off some deeds my hunter is level 108 now as a host of the West rep um, in all three of the preparation areas. I think it's provisions, armor, and weapons. And now just needs host of the West rep uh, celebrated status to finish off the deed for that area and get the horse uh, and have a nice LP payoff uh, too. So I'll be working my hunter through the wastes in order to be able to try to get that done. Uh, he just finished the Andoher's um, gazebo quest line whatever you know the Andoher's folly quest line uh which is always satisfying to kill all that works in that area because you know i just hate torture it just bothers me and that is a pretty grim and dark area of the story so it's nice to get that behind me and uh feel like i've done some good and released some prisoners there uh haven't done much with my bjorning but i should have good gear waiting for him if he ever moves again uh, my champ is still poised in Ennisweith. My RK is still just hobby horsing around. Uh, my warden, I ran a couple prologue quests in Selandim and Duilon to pick up the epic somewhere and get him back on track. He's level 40. My half warden is still level 17. And I intend to spec him yellow just to be different for chips and smeagles, as I like to call it. And that's about it. Uh, other Tokian news, I don't have anything right now. That is plenty about what I've been doing in the game. So let's move on to the fourth beacon of Aralas. Welcome to Aralas. Ah, 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 ah. Uh, for Aralas beacon this week, I'd like to talk a little bit about deeds I will never do. Look, I have a long history in the game of saying I'll never do that deed or quest, then eventually getting around to doing it. Here are some examples. I'm never going to obtain Crosser of Roads with my chicken in chicken play. Done. I'm never going to get Kindred in Eldgang rep. Done. I'm never going to play Hobnonigans until I get the highest rep level and earn a chicken and other stuff. Done. I'm never going to get both Ailey Association and In-League Kindred. Done. I'm never going to work on the Hobbit and Dwarf keg races at the Summer Festival until I get the Heave emote from Much Feasting and Much Drinking. I mean, RNG Spectacular, you need uh, four wins from each of four characters that have a one in four chance. you got to be kidding me. Done. I'm never going to make Lord of Streams. Done. I'm never going to produce Goldfire Tobacco, which is the rarest form in-game. Done. I'm never going to find Northpaw, the, the stealth Lynx boss in Sarner, to complete that dude. Done. Okay, you get the idea. Um, but here 
are some deeds that I may never do unless I change my mind again. But how did this come up? First of all, as I mentioned, I was looking through my hobbies deed, which is basically fishing since it's the only hobby. And I have one deed in fishing. It's called the Fortunate Festival Fishes Deed. And I looked at it and I had, uh, I'm like, okay, so this is only available during summer. And it's only when you're doing the festival fishing deed in, um, in Bywater, uh, which you get to do 10 minutes a day. So I was like, you know what, let me work on this fishing deed for this summer festival and see if I can get it done if I just do it once per day or every time I'm able to log in, I'll, I'll just chip away 10 minutes of fishing, see if I can get some. So I started out my fishing log. I had like two starry flounders, one golden red redfish, three silver haddock, and two celebal, they're called. And uh, I needed 10 of each. I'm like, okay, let's work at it. For, for about every 10 minutes I spent fishing in bywater, I would get maybe one starry flounder. So I had uh, about 11 out of 40 fish to catch, and I was getting one every 10 minutes. And I wasn't even finding any of the redfish or silver haddock or sell a ball. And I'm like, okay, I'm probably never going to finish this, right? So I was about ready to give up on it, and I was actually out at uh, the Fibro Jedi, uh, Fibro Jedi site. Uh, where they were had a festival guide because I was looking up something else about uh, some of the rewards that were available. And I noticed that uh, Fibro Jedi noted that uh, Celebal can only be caught in Selendim, Silver Haddock can only be caught in Thorin's Hall, and the Golden Redfish can only be caught in the Bree Pond. <laughs> so, uh, of course, if you go there, there's a Quartermaster in each of those areas, which has a fishing deed during the Summer Festival as well. And you have to move amongst all the four different areas to catch all the different kinds of fish. So, now I'm back to saying, okay, I've got all the Starry Flounders because I did all the fishing in Bywater. Maybe I'll think about trying to catch some of the others in the other areas and see how fast they'll go. But, for a while there, I was thinking, I'm never going to finish this deed. And it started me thinking... I wonder what other deeds. I've been deeding. You know, I finished off all my deeds in Gondor. It's a beautiful thing. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tabs in Gondor. They're all beautifully clean. It's gorgeous. Mordor. I'll talk about that one in a little bit. Okay, so, you know, I've got some of these other areas I cleaned up. Exciting. But there are some deeds I started flipping through here going, I'm never going to get these. So, first of all, let's look at the skirmish tab, Okay. You know, I do a fair amount of skirmishing, but it's kind of spread across all my tunes. And I was looking through here, and I found a deed for uh, killing brood queens in skirms. And brood queens are the spider bosses that only come out in a couple of different skirms, and only if you're doing them in raid mode. And I have 5 of 50 after 10 years in the game. I've got 5 of 50 brood queens. Could I finish it if I did raid skirms all the time on these and focused all my mind on it? Yeah, I probably could. Am I gonna? Probably not. <laughs> all right, let's look on the instances tab. Instances tab had a lot of fun stuff for me. Uh, Shadows of Angmar. First tab in the instances tab. Uh, staring me right in the face. Riddles beneath the inn. <laughs> Uh, which is uh, what you get for solving different riddles in the Inn of the Forsaken instance. 
and I'm currently standing at 5 of 83, which shows you how many times I've done that instance on Brag. And either I've gotten the same riddles a couple times, or it didn't count when you were doing it overleveled or what. But I can't picture ever finishing Riddles Beneath the Inn for the Shadows of Angmar tab of instances. Alright, let's move on to the tab of the war, which is PvP. Here's another good example. Uh, Weaver Slayer. I am on Tier 1, 35 of 500. <laughs> okay, so I'm not a huge PvPer, uh, but I've spent a fair amount of time out there. A couple years ago, I made a real push. I wanted to get to Master Guardsman, which I think is level 7 in the war. Let me check it real quick. Uh, I am rank 7, which makes me a Master Guardsman, and I am a far from rank 8. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm a guard. Guard is so hard to get uh, killing blows in the moors. It's just, you know, versus everyone else. Ping, 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 dead. You know, maybe I should try it again now that Redline has been uh, buffed a little bit. But um, after however many years of PvP, admittedly very intermittent playing, Weaver Slayer Tier 1 is 35 of 500. <laughs> Probably the worst of uh, any of the creep um, deeds I have for Tier 1. And I think after Tier, you know, after tier 1, is, I think there's a Tier 2 deed which goes to like you know, 2,500 or something like that. So you can forget about that for me. Uh, let's go back to the Class Race Epic um, tab in the deed log. And if you go to... Let me see. The Race and Social tab underneath there. You find all the deeds for doing the consumables, right? Where if you consume um, 300 of a particular type of consumable, uh, you know, by inflicting it upon someone else, you can earn the skill as uh, basically a skill that you can put on your bar so that you never have to use an item again. And uh, just taking the lowest example I have, the Gross Bug Specimen Jar, I have 5 out of 300 done in order to earn that as a skill. I like earning skills as much as the next guy, but uh, the chances I'm going to get 300 jars of specimen bugs and use them on other players in the game, half the time they're immune anyway, is pretty darn low. And there's a whole bunch of those in here. Black Silk Gloves, Buckets of Fear, Applications of Cover Trawl, uh... Candles and mirrors, dragons, doom shrooms. There's, there's a whole bunch of them. So there's maybe a good 20, 20 different fortunes here that just ain't happening. Uh, there's also one in here for the festival fortunes, a storyteller snippet. I they're like cookies. I don't even remember what deed you earn these on. I've got uh, there's four different for, festival fortune deeds, each with ten different fortunes you have to find. And I think I've got. Out of the 40 that are listed, I think I've got four. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even remember what quest it maps to, so probably ain't happening. I remember all the... Uh, if I move further... Oh, this is also in the in the Class Rakes Epic. Um, foul Collection. So if you go... You know, some of these uh, for earning pets and summoning them. You know, I've got two out of three bugs. I've got two out of four foxes. Actually, I have eight out of nine goats. But I have one out of six um, fowls, meaning chickens. 
And the only way to get the other chickens, aside from buying them in the store, is to earn them using uh, Hobnanigans tokens. I've already used all my Hobnanigans tokens. I have no intention to play any more Hobnanigans than I've already played. So one out of six may be where that deed sits just about forever. Uh, on the bottom of the page is the Roving Threat Slayer deed, which, uh, after all my time in game, again, spread across many alts. But for my main, I have 35 out of 150. And I just don't do roving threat player, uh, you know, uh, parties and and raids that much anymore. So that one could be sitting there for an awful long time. All right, let's move on to the epic tab, which I'm pretty good at. Right, I've got the lay of rust and rhyme is 12 out of 16, which is I think current. Uh, the black book of Mordor is uh, the, uh, six out of seven because it continues in a future chapter. I'll stay current with those. I'll get those done for sure. But the one quest sitting there also is Horsing Around, which you may remember from the Discovering the Descendant quest line, which will earn you uh, the gift of the Miraz as a small heal uh, for your steed when you start your war horsing. And the only way to earn that was to get all the different deeds done around Horsing Around. Um, I think you could do two per day. Uh, so... I, you know, eventually I was chipping away at those for a while. I got to the point where I was 30 out of 60. I saw the cloak of the equine that you could earn from finishing the deed on another player. And I said, ew, <laughs> I will never wear that in a million years. I think I'm done with this deed. So, you know, every once in a while I go back to um, the horse, the horse fields of was it, Trogar and, uh, and I, I'll do one of those – I go, you know what? If, if every time I come to the stable, which is like once in a blue moon, I finish off one or two of the quests, maybe I'll get it done eventually. Let's not kid ourselves. It's not getting done unless I change my mind. <laughs> All right, let's go back to instances again. The Tower of, Gold, Tol, the Tower of Dol Gulder instance. Um, leave no one behind is the Dungeons of Dolgor deed to rescue all seven prisoners at once. I, I never used to even do this instance at all until they make it a featured instance. Um, now that it is a featured instance, I do do it frequently when it comes up, but no one rescues more than three or four prisoners at a time. Uh, it would take a real special effort to find seven enough people that were interested in trying to get all seven prisoners, which I think would be pretty difficult at the end of the day anyway. And there's also a deed in here for the Tempest of Dol Guldur, which includes the above deed that I just talked about, plus the Ten Guards deed to kill Durchess guards before killing him, and the King of the East deed, which is to kill the Lieutenant of Dol Guldur before killing his fellow beast. I have, I have solo the Lieutenant of Dol Guldur, but I had to kill his fell beast first, and it's hard to find a party that wants to go up and get that done. So the Tempest of Dol Guldur, I'm imagining, is gonna be gonna be uh, elude me. Um, moving on to the In Your Absence uh, tab, there is a a deed in there called In Your Presence. Uh, first of all, includes doing the um, Lost Temple deed to clear all the corpses before you kill the boss, which means you have to drop these poison clouds, which raise all the corpses up you have to place them all around the room to make sure all the corpses are animated and then you have to kill the boss before you're done and i have never seen a group do that i'm sure plenty of people have had but i have never seen a do a group that even uh, i've only been with a group maybe even once that tried to do it uh, before giving up and just killing the boss and um 
You also have to do the Os Dunhaf Champions of the Fortress deed. I'm currently one of eight. Uh, Ivar's Champions, where I'm three of 24. That is where you do the final instance in Os Dunhaf uh, after you clear both wings, uh, where the four champions come out. And do this deed, you have to kill um, the four champions in all the different orders of sequences that can be done. So first you have to kill them, you know, one, two, three, four. Then you have to kill them, one, three, two, four. Then you have to kill them, one, four, three, two. Uh, you know, in order until you get all 24 orders. <laughs> uh, show me someone that's completed this deed and I will show you a, a really obsessive compulsive rating kit uh, that would have been working on this for quite some time. Uh, the Armies of Isengard tab. I am one of six. I have 18 deeds left in the Armies of Isengard tab. Mostly tier 2 challenge wings of the different instances. And claiming you have to claim each of the different rings atop the tower too. Uh, in the Tower of Orthanc. Um, and that has eluded me in a lot of my mains as well. And lastly, there's a quest to finish Dargnock Unleashed on tier 2. Uh, but that was not a problem. I just finished this one. I looked at it and I said, you know what? I'm sending Bragg in and he's soloing this little bestage. And I just finished it off. So got 15 uh, Lotro points for that. Thank you very much. Dargnak Unleashed. You have been leashed. Let's move on to the Road to Erebor tab. Where they have the Slayer of the Golden Dragon deed, which includes... Doing the Fires of Smog challenge mode where like almost no steam at all escapes out of the mouths of the dragon. Uh, even hugely overleveled parties have trouble just completing that instance, much less doing the challenge mode. You need a really fine-tuned machine uh, rating kin to be able to get that done. Not happening for me. And part of the road to Erebor, Tier 2, the Battle for Erebor Challenge. Okay, another one down. But this one was hard. I actually went in and soloed the Battle for Erebor uh, for Bragg on the lowest level possible, which I think was level 20. And uh, I picked all four of the flags uh, you needed to get the challenge up. I think I picked Inferno, Catapults, Honor Guard, and uh, Reinforcements. And... Uh, this was not easy. I think there's a lot of classes out there, even at level 115, that would not be able to solo this. I'm sure there are some that would have no problem with it, but uh, I failed it twice with my guard, who's in a good place, uh, before I finally got it on the third try. The first two were close. Um, you know, the key was focus on the right boss first. So, you know, once you're down to one boss, he kind of gets enraged and gets all these buffs. So, uh, I had to remember from my raiding days, oh yeah, kill the one that is uh, resistant to melee damage first. Um, so that the second one will go down quicker uh, when you get on him. So I finished a Tier 2 Challenge with my level 115, soloed it with my guard. Give that a try and let me know how you do with your tunes. Um, it was pretty challenging for, for Bragg, uh, although he was in red line. I didn't try it in blue. That might have been easier. We'll see. Uh, Ashes of Agiliath, uh, Ashes of Asgiliath tab for instances uh need tier two challenge for all three of them have not done those the battle of the pelinor i have like 26 or 27 deeds in and around the pelinor and the throne of the dread terror raid that have uncompleted so you can tell i was not doing a lot of high-end tier two challenge rating uh, when those first came out and i'm not made made it my way back to complete some of those at this point uh, the Plateau of Gorgoroth, I have 17 deeds in and around, uh, finishing off the Abyss of Mordath and the various levels and challenges and so forth. 
And I need one friggin' lore page from the Abyss of Mordath to complete all my lore deeds and get my bookcase. So I'm going to be heading back in there at some point soon. So those are top of my head. You can see as I go through the list, there are some outliers out there, some weird stuff, riddles under the inn, horsing around, things like that. And then a bunch of 2-2 challenge deeds, which I may or may not ever go back and finish. You know, maybe when I uh, overlevel them a long time, I may consider it. But that's the way of the world. I'm pretty happy that most of my areas are, are clean and will be um, working on the Rovanian ones to get those done. What are some of the deeds you think you'll never get done in Lotro? Give me a shout and let me know. But that's enough for a test time. Let's move on to the next beacon of Minrimon. Yeah, you know the beacon's gone too long when you get a toilet flush instead. Min Ramon, now for the originally weekly sponsor segment. This week's show is brought to you by uh, Soroff Blister Cream. With all these hot, torrid picnics going on, a low-torrid adventurer needs some protection for his poor lips. New Soroff Blister Cream is just the thing to keep you puckering. Trouble with a sore on your lip? Get it off with Soroff. You'll be good at it for at least an age. Four out of five Smeagols choose Soroff for their blistering lip issues over being tortured in the dungeons of Baradur. So don't let first age blisters just sit there. Get them off with Soroff. The sixth beacon of Kalenhad. Kalenhad, glad to be here. So I don't want to belabor this too much, but I did want to talk a little bit about the two new instances that hit the game recently. One is the Picnic, and one is the Vault of Thrang. Let's uh, cover the Picnic first. So first of all, the rewards for the Picnic are uh, five festivity tokens a day, and you can get that at the Solo, Small Fellow, Fellow, and Raid level for a total of up to 20 festivity tokens per day. And if you look at the rewards that are out there, they're not too bad. Um... There's a couple pets, the green peahen and green peacock. The peacock itself uh, especially looks kind of neat. There's uh, the perfect picnic steed, which apparently is different from the picnic steed available just through the regular summer festival vendor. There's a picnic blanket for your housing item and a tomb of the picnic pony and a tomb of the rain cloud. So mostly pets, uh, steed, and um, a decorative item. And I think most of those take uh, about 20 20 tokens a piece to obtain. There's a deed out there if you get all the different encounters in the instance, of which there are eight. Uh, Bragg has seven of the eight now. And uh, you'll soon learn as you go through where each one typically lives and where to find them as you move through the instance. Um, a couple things I learned through doing a bunch of picnic runs with folks. Uh, first of all, you don't just run up to the hobbits that have the gold rings over their heads, and especially the ones at the end that are trying to steal from your picnic. You have to slap them. So make sure your slap emote is handy. Uh, maybe type it into your world chat ahead so you can arrow up on it and hit it, or, or just uh, use the command to place it on one of your hot bars, and uh, that would be handy for you. Also learned, uh, you know, at the end, the final picnic, uh, when you finally get to the destination at the top and you check in there, uh, you get assaulted by rain clouds, hungry buds, and hungry hobbits trying to ruin your picnic. And they come from all directions. Uh, having, If you have traps you can lay out, especially with your hunters, it's helpful. Um, 
I have never completed a picnic to date without losing some food. There's a little message that comes out that says, you lost some food. So, you know, I'm not sure if maybe people just aren't coordinating enough to figure out how to avoid losing food. And I'm also not 100% sure how much greater the rewards are if you do it perfectly. Maybe you just get more tokens. But who knows, maybe there's a random drop of a steed or something else that someone in the party can get if they're, if they're absolutely perfect. But uh, not to date, even on like a lower level picnic, uh, was losing food. So need to do some research on that and figure out if anyone out there has figured out the secret formula to not lose any food and how big of a difference that is in your reward. Um, you know, the point of this instance is that it's, it's fun and it's easy. So basically, you can you can pretty much run it with your eyes closed, and it's very inclusive, which makes it a good festival run. Um, it's a change of pace from doing individual quests. Uh, you know, shows a little bit of collaboration. I've actually heard some people dying in some of the raid ones. Uh, the the tunes I am running on have not had any issue with that, but I guess it's possible if you're not careful and you get ahead of your tank, or you know, you're not taking it seriously, whatever the case may be. So it can be a little bit challenging. Um, and it's just a you know different way to earn tokens that's collaborative and easy for friends or easy for pugs. Uh, you know I think uh, as a festival instance uh, that's okay. It's okay for it to be a little easier, not something that people are going to fail and get frustrated with. Uh, just a little time to spend, and you know it fits the Shire theme. Uh, they found a way to insert you know some fun monsters in it by making them kind of heat illusions as opposed to however else you'd have to envision these things being in the Shire. So all around, I think it's accomplishing its objective. I'm sure people will get tired of running it, but for right now, it's a nice change of pace for me at least, and uh, I've enjoyed it. So let's talk th about Thrang, which is a bit more of a challenge. Uh, first of all, there's the nostalgic factor of the Rift. So we've gone back there for the Rift of Nurse Gashu Skirmish uh, at the end of the In Your Absence uh, quest line to collect the Rangers. Uh, we've gone back there in the Elves Allegiance uh, quest line in order to help Glorfindel, um, Gloradel, uh, fight once more within that same space. So, you know, they are getting some good use out of the nostalgia of the space. And um, this instance is similar to the old boss run from the actual Rift instance. Uh, they're getting a lot of mileage out of that old arena, as I mentioned. Um, but you don't have to go through, you know, and uh, three hours of instance to get to it, right? So, so uh, I think it's it can be a nice change of pace to, you know, I like big raids that take a long time to get to the end boss, but every once in a while it's nice to have one of these Dragok raids or turtle raids or watcher raids where you walk in and you're right in the middle of the final fight. It's got, you know, it's got a couple different phases. It's challenging the things going on, but you don't have to fight through an hour of trash to get there. It's a, you know, it's a nice, again, change of pace, as I like to call it. By the way, um, don't forget to pick up the quest when you get in. You walk forward to the Remembrance booklet and you grab two quests. Uh, if you're successful uh, at cap level, you'll get 100 ash from one of the quests when you're done, which is a nice little bonus, makes it relevant. You can still get Eldgang rep for killing some of the mobs in there, uh, which is uh, which is kind of fun. Uh, if you want to work on your Eldgang rep to finish out all your uh, Shadows of Angmar rep areas, that's one way to do it. That's a little different. Um, you get a Thrang token for each time you complete the instance. And uh, 
Each Thrang token will get you, uh, for a vendor near the party tree, will get you one cosmetic weapon. Or if you collect ten of them, you can get the Thrang sword, which has kind of a glowy lava red tip to it that most people think is pretty cool. Uh, aside from that, what are the rewards? Well, you get a few festival tokens, so it's another way to generate some summer festival tokens. And um, there are a number of teal and, in some case, gold jewelry drops that are available through the instance. And this is the one that's really making it more uh, appealing for some of the cap-level runs. Um, first of all, they're, they're for a random class. So whatever class you are, you may get, you know, you could be a, a hunter and get a might item, or you can be a, an LM and get a, a agility item. Um, so they are fellowship tradable. So if you get something that you can't use, um, you can often give them to other people in your fellowship or trade with other classes in your fellowship. Or if you keep the item for up to an hour, then you can send it for an alt. Um, because after it's fellowship tradable for an hour, it becomes bound to account. Uh, so often if you, um, you know, I try to keep them for some of my other 115, I, like I was on my guard, I earned an agility bracelet the other day, and I just, uh, after the hour was up, I sent it to my Berg, which was nice. Um, yeah, I see anywhere from one to four jewelry pieces drop each run, uh, so you can get lucky on those, and including a chance for either a golden lash fragment or a golden bell uh, for a pocket item. Uh, and yes, if you click on the bell, it actually dings, uh, which is kind of fun. Those are items that were kind of originally sought after uh, loot items from the original Rift Run. They've updated them for level 115, and they are pretty darn nice. I think I uh, received the Golden Lash Fragment on my Guard Brag the other day. And let me look it up. I'll show you the stats real quick because it's fun because I'm excited about it. Uh has 1,487 vitality, you know, at the amount of um, morale you get for vitality to guard, that's like 7,500 morale points. And it's also got um, 10,000 and 11,000 tactical and physical mitigation, respectively. I already had plenty of mitigation, but now what this allows me to do is perhaps go back and unslot some of those essences I had for mitigations and use something else which is pretty nice. And it also has a common damage reflect. For There's a 50% chance to reflect. Um, any common damage can reflect as fire damage. Uh, 50, about 228 fire damage can be reflected. So I have to remember that I have this item on in case I get in an instance where I don't want to be doing damage against uh, a boss at some point. Uh, yeah, there's some instances where they'll, they'll heal when they have a certain buff up or you don't want to touch them when they're in certain mode. But... But yeah, the rest of the time it'll be really nice. So I think I'm going to keep a backup pocket item in case I don't want Reflect. Um, I've done that in the past for other items that had Reflect damage. But other than that, it's pretty nice. So this is a good solid instance for tanks, by the way. Uh, the Thrang instance. Uh, there's three or four things you got to remember as a tank. First of all, you got to keep an eye on cleansing your wounds. Some of the red wound some of the wounds that you can get in uh, this instance are pretty nasty so you got to keep an eye on those and clear those out as quickly as possible uh thrang as well as some of the other um ads in in the game induct in this and thrang's induction is especially bad if you let it go to completion it's pretty slow um so you've got time but you got to keep an eye on it and make sure you have him targeted Sometimes there's so many ads and things going on and fumaroles that it's hard to keep him targeted if you flip away from him. And then he starts inducting and you start panicking. You're like, oh, where is he? Where is he? Um, 
You have to control the fight location as you move Thrang between the different fumaroles so they'll explode on him and make him vulnerable. And you have to keep an eye on the adds coming down the stairs as they get killed and replenished uh, to make sure they're, especially the, the range ones, make sure they're not ranging your healer or some of your DPS classes. So there's a lot going on from a tank perspective. You know, once you get to that threshold of three or four different things you got to keep an eye on at all times, uh, that's, you know, a pretty good area to be in where you need to be, you know, your skill rotations need to be basically automatic, so you're not having to think about those at all. Um, I already talked about tanking it as a cappy earlier. Uh, I've seen more pugs are getting this instance done right now, or running it in a level 50, which makes it a little bit easier. Um, there is, and there is, I, I, don't know, I call it an exploit, but there is a way to re-enter the fight after you've been killed, if you haven't done it in the past. Um, that is making it easier for some pugs to be able to complete it. I think that's probably going to be closed soon. Um, so that'll make it a little more challenging to finish. And um, it's still possible to fail this instance, though, if you don't have a little bit of organization with your group and have people with, with decent mitigations. Um, but the jewelry is nice for now and a lot easier than grinding 80 Aaron Lasgallan tokens to generate... I did get nothing on my first seven over runs of Thrang, and I was starting to think the RNG was hating me, but you know, that was before I got my last fragment and then started to break through with a couple other pieces from my other alts. So keep at it. They will drop, and um, overall, I'll give a high marks for the Thrang instance. It's fun. It's uh, you know it's a pretty lengthy fight, so you've got to concentrate and keep at it. Uh, you got to have some, um, some perspicacity, perseverance to keep after it. Uh, you got to know what you're doing, have a little bit of organization, but if you're well-geared and you've got a lead who's uh, willing to uh, focus fire where it's needed and a good tank, it is uh, good rewards and for a fairly fast investment, which is why it seems to be the most popular instance running right now. Um, what I'm interested in seeing is whether or not the instance might be available after the Summer Festival or if it's only going to be uh, seasonal going forward. It is listed right now under Summer Instances Only, Boss from the Vault Thrang. I understand why the picnic's there, but I don't understand why they might not keep the Boss from the Vault's Thrang instance open uh, beyond the seasonal. So who knows? Maybe they'll bring it back for some of the other uh, festivals as well, or continue to add additional festival instances, which would be great. And that's where those stand and what I think. Let me know what you think of those when you get to them. But in the meantime, let's go to our final beacon. I am out of ale. I need to go hit the keg. And my voice is running out. And I got vacation looming. So we run out of time to squander. Uh, it's time for Blessed Relief. I'm officially putting my John Hancock on the 85th episode of LTB. I would love to hear your plaudits, feedback, rants, diatribes, and most of all, your constructive critique. And no, I am not changing my underpants. You can contact me at bragsonofbalangemail.com. That's brag with two A's. The second A stands for Hallelujah. Facebook or Twitter at Bragson of Ballon or my webcast at lightthebeacons.com where you can post comments directly on the podcast. Kindly request you to take the time to create an iTunes review like Bounder Dolmbol did, if perchance you're so inclined. I very much appreciate everyone that's done so. And if uh, a Bounder has time for it, maybe you do too. If your comrades incite me to forsake my legendary elven antipathy, I will try to include them in the next podcast or respond in some way. So I hope you laughed either at or with me. I hope you might have learned at least a little something you didn't know before, or perhaps looked at the game with a slightly different perspective. 
And most of all, I hope you enjoy your week in Middle Earth. This is Bragg. I am the son of Balin, and I am signing off. Baruch Kazad. And remember, the next time you go out for a nice picnic and end up slapping a bunch of little kids around that maybe were helping themselves to some cracker and cheese on your blanket, you'll know that it's time to take a break from Lotro. But don't despair. Keep lighting those beacons, folks. Have a great week and a great summer, and I'll talk to you soon.